More like radio, less like crap. Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink, always drink. I blame this all on Kevin, DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. And he only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He barely talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he, was, he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? Oh, I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show because by hour two, he's blitzed. I bet. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin's some stupid His weird name. Polish last name. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol my volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin, right? So you're blaming the drunkard. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunkard, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! Tuesday. Duh. Tuesday, February 17, 2015. This is episode number 99. Can't believe I've done 99 of these shit shows. <coughs> uh, uh, so if you want to Skype in for some ungodly reason or another, hold on, let me tweak my mic levels. I'm having problems today. Uh, Skype name's Alcohol by Volume, all one word, and the phone number 862-345-7125, so everybody welcome to the show. Um, so let's see, what did I buy this past week? Uh, not a lot, honestly. I, I really, I, I picked up uh, two growlers and a bottle of wine. That was it. Um, I, I, uh, I was having a shit week last week, so I uh, didn't feel like uh, doing much of anything, including drinking. So, but uh, I picked up a growler of um, Anderson Valley Goza. I could not pass that up, getting that on tap. And then at a carton tap takeover last Friday. Now I think my levels are a little hot. Sorry about that. Uh, carton ta- tap take. Ugh, fucking hell. I'm like a few minutes in, and I'm already fucking up. Jesus. A Carton Brewing tap takeover last Friday. I got a growler of Carton um, 077-07871, which is their 077XX IPA dry hopped with Mosaic exclusively for Sparta, New Jersey. It's only going to be at the Mohawk House in Sparta and the uh, liquor factory location that I went to in Sparta. So kind of kind of an exclusive, uh, exclusive variation of their... Uh, of their IPA there. Um, I'm trying... I, I, I think people typically just call it 077-dub-dub or something like that. I don't know. I wasn't, I, I wasn't paying enough attention, so I just give you the whole number letter thing. But uh, that, that'll that be popping up on the YouTube channel within the coming weeks. Uh, I think I've had, like, one glass from that growler so far, so... Uh, of course, the Goza is almost gone. Uh, so I also said I picked up a bottle of wine. I picked up a bottle of blueberry wine after having talked about it last week. 
Um, fuck, and I don't remember what uh, the winery was. It was a New Jersey wine. It was a little on the sweet side for me, but it was still pretty decent. Um, let's see here. Let me open up the, uh, the Vino app, and that will tell me uh, what wine it was. Uh, it was from Valenzano Winery and Vineyard uh, in New Jersey. The Chamong Red UV. Um, let me see if this will... There we go. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, other people were like saying sweet and cinnamon, more expensive Manischewitz. But uh, I, I like... It was, it was a $10 bottle of wine. I can't complain too much. Um, and ever since... Um, on Facebook, I kind of had the the table wines explained a little bit better to me, and I want to give proper credit. Max Jenkins, Max Jenkins, um, he he really gave me the whole rundown with that. He said um, <clears throat> the difference between table wine and a bottle mark Merlot or any other varietal is because of labeling laws in the U.S. and other countries. It more than likely won't have a vintage either, and that was one thing I found, too. Uh, in the U.S., the Tax and Trade Bureau requires that 75% of the grapes are that variety to label it with the name of the grape. A red table wine is more than likely blended in both variety and vintage, thus, again, why it wouldn't have a vintage to it. Um, this helps with consistency and flavor over time, since one year's grape crop can taste completely different than the next. Most labels will shy away from naming it a red table wine because most people think it sounds cheap. And th that was the thing I was worried about. Like, a table wine seemed so generic to me. And that's why I was scared to pick something up like that. But now I know better. Uh, and he said, if you like red wine and just want to try something new, it most likely won't be bad. Similar to beer, it's all about what you enjoy. And so I, I, I'm, I'm going to definitely pick up some, uh, some more like red table wines. Uh, see, see what jumps out at me. Like I said, this blueberry one, it's okay. It's just it, too much on the sweet side for me. So I'm going to try some other, um, some other red table wines. And, um, I know, I know there was a, a couple of one that, uh, Sherry was talking about the, I think it was the Rosso that I have not really looked out for that yet, but I may try and pick that up if I can find that as well. Uh, oh, also almost forgot about this. I actually had four bottles sent to me from Evil Genius Brewing, so uh, thank you to them. I'm very happy with that. Um, it included one new flavor of theirs. Uh, very few logins thus far on Untapped for it, so that's it kind of gives you an idea of how new it is. I think less than 300 logins for it. Um, so a new flavor of theirs that it'll be revealed soon in a YouTube review. I'm going to be doing a special, like, multi-beer kind of flight review for all four of them. Um, so keep an eye on that in the coming weeks. And like I said, to be honest, I, I haven't been doing much drinking otherwise over the past week. Normally a drink or three will alleviate my anxiety and or depression, but ugh, th this past week it was just a bit too much. And, and then you, you pack on all the fucking snow we've been getting here, and I wasn't able to go out to run Friday, Saturday, or Sunday because of all that bullshit, which fucked with my mood right there. So it was basically Xanax and very little booze. So uh, it's cheaper for me that way. I'm not constantly going out and buying beer, which probably makes my wife happy. So I guess let me, um, without any further ado, get into 
some of the news, press clippings, and whatnot from uh, the past week in the beer world. I'm worried that I may have talked about one or two of these last week. I honestly can't remember. Um, I kind of skimmed through my the the uh, download of my last show to see if I did. I don't think I did, but if I did, I apologize. You're gonna hear it again. <clears throat> so this was from BBC News. Newcastle Brown Ale is changing their recipe amid U.S. coloring concerns. Uh, the recipe for Newcastle Brown Ale is to change amid U.S. fears. It contains a potentially cancer-causing coloring. Now we all know about you know the fears over coloring. Um, what was it? it was it the the red or the green M&Ms or something like that that the dye they were using for that was found to potentially be cancer-causing, so they had to stop... I think it was the green M&Ms. They had to stop those for a while until they got a different color or different dye, and they brought them back and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, Brewer Heineken said the move was prompted by customer concerns about a chemical found in the caramel coloring used to give its distinctive tint. None of the beer's ingredients are subject to any restrictions, but Heineken said it was listening to consumer concerns. Now, this is the cool part here. Um, they said roasted malts would now be used to achieve a similar color. So why not? I mean, that's a good change. Why use caramel coloring when you can use something natural like roasted malts to basically achieve the same color? Um, is it going to change the taste? Probably not. Um, if it does, I can only see it changing it for the better. Uh, dubbed Nuki Brown by many of the beer first appeared in 1927. Production moving out of Tyneside to North Yorkshire in 2007. Beer is one of the best selling in the U.S., where, as in the U.K., it is also nicknamed Dog. The nickname comes from the euphemism, I'm going to walk dog, meaning I'm going to the pub, also popularized by a 1980s advertising campaign. So, the chemical is called 4-methyl... Oh, let's see. Uh, methyl... Methyl... I'm a dissolve. Okay, hold on. Let me let me sound this out. Sound it out. Sound it out. Four methylimidazole, or four mei, for short, uh, which occurs in the caramel coloring used to achieve their dark brown color. Blah blah. blah. So, um, let's see. A spokesman said they're in the process of changing the recipe. Um. The amount used in Newcastle is well within the recommended safe levels set by the bodies, uh, the governing bodies that recognize that stuff, but they're going by consumer concerns, which is which is fine. <clears throat> um, Northeast beer expert and writer, writer Alistair Gilmore said the recipe change was not likely to impact on the taste. It's about customer appeal in America. Tweaking with the color won't have any impact on the taste of Newcastle Brown. Um, let me see. Yeah, Coke and Pepsi used to use for MEI, um, and they they cut it out there. Uh, State of California has for MEI on its list of carcinogens, so that makes sense. I mean, I know California has the the more stringent uh, stringent limits. You'll see different labels on products that are sold around the U.S., and you might see a label like the State of California has discovered that blah, 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 and this may contain cancer-causing chemicals, blah, 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 you know. And it's weird, like, oh, is it only the state of California? Everybody else is fine with it? So they just got more stringent shit going on there, I guess. Uh, from NBC9 Colorado, the final design of the beer Keurig has been unveiled. Uh, the local, let's see, this is out of St. Louis, 
The local creator of the Keurig beers has released a video showing the final design of the dispenser, which will allow users to easily dispense their own craft beers at their leisure without worrying about keeping unfinished beer fresh. Um, the sleek chrome-colored Cynic system is a standalone countertop appliance that chills and pressurizes reinforced bags of beer that are dispensed through a chamber pressurized using CO2. The bags hold up to 11 12-ounce beers. God damn it. Why couldn't you do 12? Then you can do a whole case. Uh, the final design varies slightly from the prototype used during the brand's Kickstarter campaign last summer. The creators say independent tests performed on the Cynic system rank it at or above cans, bottles, and kegs in pressurization, shelf life, contamination, oxidation, and temperature maintenance. This is a technology that can benefit everyone in the industry if everyone rallies behind it. Brewers can engage more customers. Distributors save on reduced shipping costs. Retailers fit more product on shelves. And customers can get a wider variety of the freshest beer in the world. Um, and they kind of go into... Um, let's see. What was this guy's name again? Um, Jesus Christ. Like they, they refer to him like but they okay there we go okay Steve Young Steve Young is the founder of this uh, he was saying poor packaging and rigid containers mean beer only stays fresh for a few days well yeah if you open it if you keep it closed and cellar it Jesus who's buying a six pack of beer and then just opening them all up at the same time that confuses me a little bit um, let's see According to Cynic, more than 1,700 brands from more than 1,200 breweries support the system, which keeps beer fresh for 30 days or longer when used with an adapter. Um, hmm. First ever pending patent for a flexible container that can hold carbonated beverages. Containers are recyclable but not reusable. Uh, apparently, you can pre-order the system for $299. Now... I, I gotta admit, this intrigues me because it would just make it easy to e easier to pour a beer. Um, you're not gonna have all these, you know, recyclables around and everything. I'd really be into this if there was some sort of adapter for growlers. Um, I don't see that happening, uh, but it would be nice to keep the growler pressurized within this thing. You know, some some sort of adapter that holds it and connects to it and whatnot. Um, it would it would be interesting. I don't know. Um, I don't think there were any comments on this article even. Yeah. Sometimes the comments are the best parts of these articles, but uh, I'm not hitting them today. This is one that I, I, I picked up on a couple weeks ago, and it, it, this beer has actually since been released. I've, I've seen it on Inside the Cellar, um, and I want to pick it up, but I still... I, I, on Inside the Cellar, you get free shipping if you get 12 bottles or more. And I kind of put together a cart on there. And it, it would have come to, like, stuff that I wanted, it would have come to, like, 130 bucks, And, you know, I just can't drop 130 bucks on 12 beers in one sitting just like that. So i got to wait on it a little bit. But anyway, this is from the LA Times. It has to do with Modern Times Brewing putting a new twist on coffee beer. <laughs> San Diego's Modern Times Brewery has brewed up a coffee beer that's unlike anything you ever tasted, and the secret is all in the beans. Now, this this is genuinely interesting. This is a very different way to do it. 
Finding new ways to imbue craft beers with coffee flavors is a popular area of innovation within the craft brewing community. Brewers have experimented with nearly every style of beer from pale ales to Belgian amber ales to the typical porters and stouts using all manner of different coffee preparations from light roast beans to spiced Armenian style coffee, even the rare Kopi, excuse me, rare Kopi Luwak coffee. That's that's the Civic crap coffee, you know, um, has been featured in a craft brew. Alesmith Brewing in San Diego offers its superlative Speedway Coffee Stout aged in bourbon barrels, and this bold, inky brew demonstrates that coffee, stout, and spirits are three great tastes that taste together. We all know about coffee stouts that are barrel-aged. That's, that's nothing new at this point. We've seen that all over the place. That, that's pretty common nowadays. But Modern Times decided to do barrel-aging, but in a slightly different fashion. Instead of letting a beer infused with coffee age in a used bourbon barrel, they're actually barrel aging the coffee beans themselves before adding them to the beer. Um, Let's see. Coffee beans aged in used spirits barrels started making news on coffee blogs among roasters in just the past couple of years. Process is based on the fact that green unroasted coffee beans are notoriously prone to picking up aromas from anything nearby. That's very cool because it's really going to pick up that the bourbon aroma, the bourbon bourbon flavor, um, very very cool. And it says a skilled roaster can actually take beans that have soaked up the character of bourbon, rum, or whatever spirit the barrel previously held, and coax out typical coffee bean flavors during the roasting without destroying the desired barrel-born flavors. So what Modern Times is doing, they have um, let's see what uh, it's called, City of the Dead. And uh, first production brewery to feature a beer featuring barrel-aged coffee beans. City of the Dead is an export-style stout brewed to be a blank canvas to show off the complexity of the beans. And like I said, inside the cellar, at least last I checked, I think it was yesterday, did have it in stock there for purchase. Um, Let's see. When is this article? Uh, January 30th. And then they said it was just released. So uh, within the past few weeks, it got released. Um, the article says it displays a surprising amount of bourbon and barrel character but the flavors are different from a typical barrel aged beer the distinction is subtle but noticeable it tastes boozy without the typical alcohol heat of a barrel aged beer and there is the expected astringency associated with the oak barrels but less oak flavor the concoction is astonishing in its novelty so oh, I wish modern times beers were carried out here um, they, I got some of their stuff from inside the cellar before and love it, love it, love it. Mm. Of course, the only comment on this particular article is from Swag Valance. Second rate of beer, second rate of coffee. Yeah, probably a fucking PBR drinker. Fuck him. Um, oh, yeah. And Mitch says, uh, barrel gay. In, um, yeah. Boo. Boo, boo, boo. Um,. Hold on, I gotta grab another beer here. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, another lawsuit, another naming lawsuit story. I initially grabbed this from Reddit. There were a few other different places that were picking this up, but um, it's a naming lawsuit from New Belgium. And initially, it looks like another case of the big guy bullying the little guy. The little guy in this case is Oasis Texas Brewing Company. And they had a whole, um, basically like a, a statement 
crafted on, no pun intended, <laughs> on their uh, website at otxbc.com, entitled Stolen Ride. Uh, Oasis Texas Brewing Company is a rapidly growing craft brewery located in the Texas Hill Country. Our brewery team, blah, blah, blah. This is just, you know, kind of them pumping their own tires. Yeah, and saying, you know, recently named Best New Brewery in Austin. Uh, stuff like that. Uh, so they said, as you may have heard, we're currently being sued by New Belgium Brewing in Fort Collins, Colorado, over the use of our name, Slow Ride. While New Belgium is certainly large and well-respected in our industry, we believe that we're the rightful owners of the name Slow Ride. Simply put, we started selling our Slow Ride before, we believe, they had any intention of making a product under the same title. Our product hit the market mid-May prior to their application for a trademark. Their assertion that brewing activities didn't begin until August is simply untrue. They've attempted to frighten us with threats of legal action and intimidate us into accepting a joint-use agreement, overtures which we politely dismissed, and this is important, and we politely dismissed as bullying and declined. Remember that. It soon became apparent that a fair and amicable solution was not in their interest. The notion that New Belgium tried to solve the issue amicably, brewer to brewer, is simply untrue, as our every communication with New Belgium devolved into hostility. Uh, and they basically say, you know, they're suing them and blah, 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 blah. And we believe our peers will see that we're firmly in the right. And initially, when I read this, it seemed like, okay, uh, New Belgium, they're kind of being dicks with this. That is what it seemed like. Um... But then I, I kind of delved into the uh, the Reddit thread, and I'm, I'm not you know I'm not taking people's word for it necessarily, but there are people that read the filing by New Belgium, and one of them on here, uh, user uh, Amaforas, said actually um, after actually reading the filing by New Belgium, it's quite hard to side with Oasis. They have included record of their correspondence, and it's Oasis who is being combative and New Belgium who is offering reasonable compromises. And the suit isn't explicitly asking for damages. That's another important point here. Just clarification of the trademark and attorney's fees, which is an entirely reasonable ask given the attempts to find an amicable solution which was shot down by Oasis's lawyers. Um, the post on the Oasis website the one that I just read, is all woe is me, but their own legal correspondence shows that Oasis is bending the truth to be the David to New Belgium's Goliath. They're trying to get sympathy while their lawyers take a hard-line stance. So, uh, kind of kind of interesting there. Um, let's see. Appar and, and somebody looked at Oasis's Facebook page and kind of went through a timeline of it. Uh, this was uh, Team Accius on, on Reddit. Um, he says, New Belgium seems to have a case that they use the term first. They filed for trademark protection several months before Oasis even started selling beer. Oasis apparently started using the name at their taproom 13 days before New Belgium filed for a trademark, and he says, my guess would be that they had the same idea around the same time. Um, let's see. Do, do, do. Um... Of course, other people are saying this is brilliant marketing because nobody had heard of Oasis before this. Um, damn, there was there was um, ah oh, fuck, there was there was another good point on here too. Um, and I'm trying to remember where ah oh, fuck where I saw it in this thread. Basically, what what happened was um, apparently New Belgium 
had even said, I, I'm trying to, oh, you know what? I think there was a, a New Belgium rep in this threat. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick underscore MBB. It's actually somebody from New Belgium Brewing. And um, this, this is the top, yeah, this should be the top upvoted thing in the in the thread. He says, before releasing Slow Ride Session IPA, we did an exhaustive trademark search and filed to register the mark in May 2014. The trademark was granted by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office without opposition. After filing, we learned that Oasis Texas Brewing was brewing a beer by the same name but failed to trademark it. We proactively reached out to OTB with a number of possible solutions that would allow both brands to exist in the market. Oasis Texas Brewing was not open to working with New Belgium toward a productive solution. Five months after we filed to register the slow ride name, OTB filed for trademark. We certainly tried to solve this amicably. Oasis is unwilling to work with us, plus threatened to sue, compelling us to seek court clarification. Um, and let me see what else uh, Nick from uh, New Belgium said on here. Damn it, I know. God damn it, I know he said something else. Um, fuck. Uh, God damn it. Basically, they were one of their the solution was going to be that Oasis w could continue to use Slow Ride in you know in their market, and when New Belgium did uh release Slow Ride into the Austin market and everything like that, that it would just be called Session IPA there. Um, now of course you run into the problem that if Oasis Brewing really takes off and starts expanding into other regions where New Belgium distributes, then you start running into other problems. Uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, fuck, who it was that that had that, uh, I want to say uh, Dewclaw. Was it Dewclaw that had a beer? Dewclaw and somebody else. Fuck. I'm completely blanking out. This was probably almost a year ago. Um, and it just had to do with, well, the, you know, they're in the territory now and who had the name first and blah, blah, blah. But uh, the more, I don't know, the more I read about this, um, it, New Belgium does not seem like the bad guy with this. Uh, hmm. Keep uh, scrolling through here and seeing. Um, yeah, uh... Assuming this post, blah, 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 it's really not possible to not view Oasis as the asshole here. Um, oh, 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 interesting. We got somebody else here uh, that Jesus Christ did a fucking wall of text here. Uh, J8 Acres. I'm part of the team that takes care of the design and creative for Oasis Texas Brewing Company. We're contractors with no stake in the brewery or its business dealings, solely art, design, and creative. We came up with the name Slow Ride and its related branding, art, tap handles, etc. Uh, we love old cars, blah, 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 blah. Uh, New Belgium's press release, they listed a timeline of their use of Slow Ride as a slogan. Uh, oh, and he's and this guy is trying to say, uh, offer up one of our own ideas that helped direct our creative direction. Way back in 94, riding the city bus around Austin. Uh, through their press release on Friday, they've been able to set the narrative, one that's full of factual errors. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know. It it it. This is still very very tough to figure out because it's, 
the two sides to the story. And um, I don't know. I, I ugh. From what from what I've read, it really does seem like New Belgium did try to settle this in a proper fashion and tried to work with Oasis to you know clear this all up. Um, right, Black on Crack is a good point. Belgium should sue New Belgium. Yes, um, but eh, keep an eye on this. I mean, I I don't know. I have I have no idea. Uh, keep scrolling through here just to see if there's anything else I missed um why not let the court settle it before deciding um let's see letter from the Texas brewery owner is yet another in a growing line of look how I'm being bullied by the big guys open letters designed to garner sympathy and that that is really what it comes across as Note how he pointedly takes note of New Belgium being a $200 million company, for instance. Completely calculated to manipulate readers, and that's true. Um, it's like it's like the old frickin' movie trope of... Um, God damn it, what, uh, what fucking movie... Was that, was that You Got Mail, the one where Tom Hanks plays the evil big bookstore owner trying to shut down the little guy in the mom and pop bookshop. Oh, she's so in it. Well, you know what? Um, maybe maybe she did better sales. She wouldn't be in that position. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, it's a story of half-truths, half but unfortunately spinning that kind of narrative has been proven to work, at least as far as short-term PR goes. Yeah, it, Oasis is probably going to do good sales on this in the short term for that. Uh, stuff goes viral in beer communities and people start gnashing their teeth despite not knowing the full story and or not understanding the law. This one doesn't seem to be getting much traction so far, perhaps in part because few breweries have a better reputation for being consumer, employee, and business friendly as New Belgium. And that's pretty cool there. Um, um, but of course, you know, people... And then there are people complaining that it's a pro-New Belgium circle jerk and the thread and everything. And... Uh, I don't. It's one of those stories I'm going to keep an eye on because just like that that bit with um, what was it Magic Hat and fuck um, that had to do with the whole Starburst thing. I I, I sided with the little guys on that one, and I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have. Maybe I should have researched even more. Um, I don't know. These these fucking naming disputes and everything are getting ridiculous and it kind of goes back to that one article about you know is cra our craft beer is running out of names and our brewers running out of names i mean the whole that the, the fucking red bull you know suing or you know whatever blue was it uh, ox blue or blue ox brewing or whatever that and the more i read on that i even i saw something where red bull Red Bull's lawyers were saying, "Well, what if they what if they think about making a red ale? Then it'd be like you know, red ox. Like, are you fucking shitting me?" But such is uh, such is the nature of lawyers. So this is a segment that people have been submitting to me for a while because their articles were popping up all over the place, and initially I was thinking that they were kind of like old repeats from last year, but they were actually new ones. 
and it's beer pairings for Girl Scout cookies. And now that the, the I, I think the timeline is that the cookies are actually pretty much like being shipped to people at this point. This is probably a perfect time for the feature. Now me, um, I, 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 I very much enjoy Girl Scout cookies. I, I rarely have them because I don't know any Girl Scouts. Thank God, because uh, that could be a problem. Um, but also because I will eat a whole box in one sitting, and that's on top of the beer, so I, I end up kind of fucked there. I mean, give me, give me a single serving. Give, give me like you know two cookies, two cookies. I'm good. But let's see. Uh, well, actually. Shit, this one, that's really weird. Because this says, this article says it was published four days ago. I could have sworn I had this before then, but okay. So they said, Girl Scout cookies are here. Oh, uh, and they is beerandbrewing.com. Uh, to celebrate the season and the Girl Scouts of the USA being able to sell their famous cookies online. Wait, What? What? Sell the cookies online? Fuck. Ugh. Ugh. No. Well, to be fair, though, I can always get, like, the Keebler clones, too. Because they got the Samoas. They got the, um... Fuck. Well, I know they got the Samoas. Uh, the Thin Mints are always a little tougher to find. But, anyway. Um... They've added new editor's picks. Maybe that's what they've added here. Including a pairing for Trios, the new gluten-free cookies. Ooh. To the collection of cookie and beer pairings they have compiled from around the web. Um, damn, I'm, I'm like, I'm forgetting all the different Girl Scout cookies. I remember Samoa's and Thin Mints. I mean, th those are just the common ones. What the fuck is that one that has a different name depending on what region you're in? Or is that the, or is or is that the Samoas? Fuck. God damn. Well, you know what? Oh, okay, yeah, caramel delights. See in, in the article here, caramel delights or Samoas. But let me go through here. So, um, they say toffee tastic. Um. These gluten-free butter cookies offered only in select areas are loaded with bits of toffee. So is that the... Tr no. To oh, I guess they're just called toffee-tastic. Interesting. Um, so they're loaded with bits of toffee. Beer lovers can bring out those toffee flavors even more by pairing them with Epic Brewing's Glutinator, which is gluten-free. Ah, uh, uh, see, that's that's a nice bit of synchronicity there. For contrast, choose uh, Brasserie du Pont Forêt Libre, which is gluten-reduced which nicely harmonizes with the bread and toffee flavors of the cookie. Now, see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chime in here that um, if you don't necessarily need a gluten-free cookie, I know, for instance, there are Keebler toffee kind of shortbread cookies. It's not quite butter, but it's close. Um, those would probably pair with those kind of beers there. But they, they really seem to be concentrating on the, on the gluten-free beers with the gluten-free cookie. Which is what they did with the trios, too. And you know what? That's a fair pairing. I can't argue with that. It makes sense. So the trios, these gluten-free whole grain cookies are made with oats, chocolate chips, and peanut butter. Pair these with a gluten-free beer, such as the Glutenberg Red. I can attest the Glutenberg Red is actually pretty good, which is made with roasted chestnuts and without sorghum. It shines with notes of toast and caramel. Yeah, the Glutenberg Red was 
definitely one of the better gluten-free beers I've had. Uh, for contrast, paired with Stone Brewing Company's delicious IPA, which is, in fact, delicious. Um, a gluten-reduced beer with huge citrus notes and a bitter finish. Yet yeah, the citrus notes from the lemon drop, uh, that I can see that definitely working there. Uh, kind of pair with the oats pretty well. Then we got the Caramel Delights slash Samoas. The rich maltiness and aromas of oak and vanilla from uh, Sakaba, Firestone Walker's barrel-aged uh, barley wine, complements the toasted coconut of these cookies wonderfully. And I guess that Firestone Walker beer used to be called Abacus until there was some kind of naming controversy, and they had they just reversed the name. Um, Shafley's Bier de Garde has toffee notes and a subtle spice from the farmhouse ale yeast that pairs nicely with the caramel and chocolate in the Samoas. Be sure to let these beers warm up a little bit for maximum intensity. So, I, I, I like Samoas, and that is the one that I know I can definitely get from Keebler. Um, fuck, I, I, I think Walmart, like, they have a great value version of it, which is probably just as good. Um... But oh, again, goddamn, those cookies get in the house. I will eat the whole fucking bag. Ugh. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe if I'm if I'm up for it at some point, I will actually try and do these pairings on the air. You know, take take a couple cookies in here, and then just give the rest of them to my kid and let him run around on a sugar high for the rest of the night. Uh, Tagalongs slash peanut butter patties. I remember these. Oh, God. I remember these being good, too. I want a fucking cookie now. Uh, Dino S'mores is a stout from Off Color Brewing made with vanilla, cocoa nibs, and marshmallow fluff. The insanity of the beer is only heightened with the vanilla, chocolate, and peanut butter flavors from the Tagalongs. If you want to go another route, try a big fruit-forward beer such as Big Luscious from Founders Brewing Company. Mm, yeah, I, I, I could see Big Luscious going with that. Um... I could also see, uh, you know, something like the uh, Lancaster double chocolate milk stout. I could see that working with the peanut butter really well because the, the chocolate in the Lancaster is fantastic. Um, you mix that peanut butter in with it, you're golden. So that, I can, I can kind of see what they're going for with, with the fruit. I, I almost think that there's... Uh, they say Big Luscious is really fruit forward, but mm, I don't think it's fruit forward enough for that combination because it almost seems like they're going for the peanut butter and jelly combination there. Um, I don't know. It, I mean, Big Luscious is a heavy beer, and I would say like go with like a raspberry wheat instead, but it's a lighter beer that it, it, it may not blend as well. So curious about that. Um, I could probably find some kind of variant of peanut butter patties in the in the Keeblers as well. In fact, if I remember correctly, I think they got like square ones or something like that. Thin mints. These are these are the tough ones. These are the tough ones. So made with generous amounts of cacao nibs and tons of chocolate malt with notes of fresh mint. Seventeen mint chocolate stout from Perennial Artisan Ales is about as close to a thin mint flavored beer as you can get. And I still have yet to find the perfect mint beer uh they either end up not minty enough or kind of too spearminty um 
I don't know. It, like, what was it? The, um, the crap, um, shipyard had a, a mint chocolate stout, uh, flying dog had one too. And the shipyard was either too spearminty or it was, you know, or the flying dog was not spearminty enough and I don't know, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, and, oh, geez, let's see here, blah, blah, I'm actually, I'm actually sending a text right now on my phone because there's actually a reason for it, my wife is trying to test stuff on her dad's phone, <laughs> very odd, um, okay, sorry, I get easily distracted sometimes, but uh, there was, um, on, on, fuck, I think it was on Reddit, Somebody had posted a, I think it was from Oddside Ales in Michigan, uh, some kind of some kind of mint beer there. He was saying was fantastic, but it was a limited release and very hard to find and shit like that. So, and I don't get perennial artisan ales here unless it's a, a joint venture with Stone. So, I'm not gonna luck out with that. Uh, let's see, Alesmith Brewing Company Speedway Stout is also a fantastic companion to Thin Mints. <laughs> Uh, dark coffee and chocolate on the nose with caramel toastiness from the malts deliver a mouthfeel that pairs well with the crisp minty crunch of the wafer cookie. Especially if you keep your thin mints in the freezer. Well, why wouldn't you keep your thin mints in the freezer? Come on. Uh, consider yourself warned, though, as these beers range from 10 to 12% ABV, you'll likely find yourself reaching for a second sleeve of cookies in record time. See, that's my problem. I'm going to drink beer. I'm going to want to eat more and more and more cookies. Again, I'm, try I'm trying to think of a beer on my own that would pair with those thin mints well and not be a bad mixture. Um, you know, it's weird, but again, I want to go back to the Lancaster double chocolate milk stout to see how the mintiness would pair with that great milk chocolate taste. Um, Jesus Christ. They're, they're testing ringtones. Blah. There we go. Okay. But um, that that seems to be like a just the right now for me the definitive chocolate. Um, although to be fair, there is actually one other that um, I can uh, I can attest to, but it's coming up in a YouTube review, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil that just yet. Uh, lemonades, oh, lemon and shortbread. Goddamn, I love a lemon cookie. For instance, golden Oreos that are like with the lemon cream in the middle, so good. Um, and I love shortbread. So you've just combined two of my favorite things here. Um, the shortbread texture of the cookies and lemon flavors in the icing make an excellent contrasting duo for a citrusy IPA such as Ballast Point Sculpin IPA. Uh, Drake's Hefeweizen is also a great pairing where notes of banana and clove from this unfiltered wheat beer add depth and balance to the flavors of the cookie with the citric zing. And, uh, yeah, that, uh, Hefeweizen sounds like a fucking great idea with that. The, the clove and everything would go fantastic. Speaking of Ballast Point Sculpin IPA, I found out that the, uh, Sculpin Grapefruit is going to be reaching my area very soon. I also heard rumblings at the Habanero. It's going to be reaching my area. Um, 
if you enjoy IPAs, or even if even if you're just kind of getting into them, you know, like like somebody like Mitch, and you have a chance to try a jalapeno or a habanero IPA, do it because something about it just works. Something about it is fantastic. If, if you remember my my beers of the year for 2014, I had um, uh, it was a jalapeno IPA from. I think it was from, was it from Angry Eric Brewing, uh, Viva Verde? Fantastic. Really, really good. Um, you're going to like it more if you like IPAs, but the slight hint of spice, but I'm, I'm, I'm diverging off topic here. Um, let's see. Shortbread or trefoil cookies. Stick with the tradition by pairing these classic cookies with traditional beer styles such as the cheek-warming Baltic Porter from Smutty Nose Brewing Company with notes of dark fruit and coffee, or a Scottish ale such as Oscar Blue's Old Chub with notes of cocoa and coffee with a dash of smoke. Alternative pairing, choose your favorite IPA to contrast with the buttery, biscuity goodness of these cookies. Uh, you know what? I would, for some reason, I would think an oatmeal stout would pair well with shortbread. Just me. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I, I would think an oatmeal stout would have a, have a pretty good... A uh, pretty good combination there. Oh, dosy dos, the peanut butter sandwich. I forgot about these. I enjoyed those too. Um, actually, I might have enjoyed these more than the uh, the peanut butter patties, the tagalongs. Uh, let the flavors of the dosy dos dance with the balance and rich texture of Alaskan brewing smoked porter. Pair with the obsidian stout from Deschutes for stronger notes of espresso and a light bitterness that balances with the chocolate and peanut butter. Hint: either of these pairs can even work quite well at breakfast. Well, yeah, of course. You know why not beer at breakfast? Um, again, the, um, kind of run into the same, pro- well, not quite the same problem trying to pair that I was thinking of with the peanut butter patties because you're missing the chocolate. So in this case, you might really do well with like a raspberry wheat beer because you, um, you're going to get the wheat, the breadiness out of that. You're going to get the raspberry fruit flavor and then you get the peanut butter. You don't have the chocolate muddling it up potentially. So I think that that could work as well. Just my just my two cents on that. Uh, Savannah Smiles. Oh, lemon-flavored cookie wedges. I'm not even familiar with these. Uh, they've been dusted with powdered sugar. They pair well with the Westbrook Brewing Company's White Thai Wheat Beer with notes of lemongrass and ginger or Jester King's Beer de Meal with wildflower honey. Um, I don't know necessarily how a Savannah Smiles tastes, so I can't really give you my input on that because I've never had it. God damn, there are a lot of cookie types that I just was not familiar with. Cranberry citrus crisps. Never heard of it. Uh, crisp cookie has been inundated with cranberry bits and pairs well with the sour farmhouse saison. Yeah, of course, a sour. Yeah. Such as Crooked uh, Staves VL with its lovely notes of lemon and a slight soft cheese funk. Uh, or play off the cranberry with a dark beer such as the Smooth Chocolate Stout from Fort Collins Brewery. I can see that because then you uh, kind of get that cranberry chocolate stout feel to it. Raw Raw Raisins. Mm, not a fan of raisins. You'll definitely be cheering. <sighs> Boo! When you pair these oatmeal cook... Okay, I like oatmeal raisin. I can deal with oatmeal raisin. Oatmeal cookies loaded with raisins and Greek yogurt flavored chunks. Oh, see, that kind of ruins it then. With either the complimentary Expedition Stout from Bell's or the contrasting La Folle Sour Brown Ale from New Belgium Brewing Company. 
Um, fuck, there is... What's that one? The the one from Dogfish Head with the uh, Grape Syrah Must. I could actually see that working really well with this one, and I'm completely blanking on the name. But uh, someone out there knows exactly which one I'm talking about. Um, then we have a cookie called Thanks A Lot. <laughs> Seems like they were running out of names. Um, now, see, this is really weird, because they have a second Toffee-tastic one down here, and I don't understand that, but oh well. So thanks a lot. The shortbread cookies have had one side dunked in chocolate fudge. See, you're ruining a shortbread cookie that way. You don't need the chocolate fudge. Just have the shortbread on its own. Yeah, okay, do you want to put a little pecan in there? Fine, fine, but don't dip it in chocolate. But they say keep the two-faced theme going by pairing with a contrasting beer such as Odell Brewing Company's Mercenary Imperial IPA. Reinforce the cookie flavors with the roasted goodness and creamy mouthfeel of Left Hand's Nitro Milk Stout. And then again, they they went back to Toffee-tastic. I mean, I'm wondering if these are non-gluten-free ones. But they say, um, let's see, Hog Heaven Barley Wine from Aver Brewing. Or, for contrast, choose a Belgian IPA such as Le Freak from Green, yeah, Green Flash Brewing Company. They say it nicely harmonizes with the bread and toffee flavors of the cookie. Toffee seems to be a flavor that hasn't really been utilized a lot in beer. Um, maybe, I guess maybe it's just hard to express in the brewing process. But, I mean, you have you have the sticky toffee pudding, which, again, I have to go back to that and pick up a four-pack and try that again. Because, I don't know, something about it did not speak to me. I need to try it again to see maybe if I'll like it better second time around. Um, okay, suggestions from the beer chicks include a few more pairings. Samoas with, and see, I had not thought about this. Samoas with Maui Brewing's Coconut Porter. I will one-up that and go with uh, Kona's uh, Cocoa Brown. I don't know why I didn't think about that before. Coconut with coconut. That's beautiful. Tagalongs with uh, Wells Banana Bread Beer. That makes sense, too. That makes perfect sense. Thin Mints with um, Hitachino Nest uh, Espresso Stout. <sighs> that, I don't know. I, I've had the Espresso Stout. It was not a remarkable Espresso Stout to me, so I almost feel like it would be wasted with the Thin Mints. Just my thought. And then uh, Trefoils with uh, Old Rasputin Russian Imperial Stout. Um, I know I've had that at some point in the past. Um, what were the Trefoils again? Was that just the... Uh, that was the shortbread. That was the shortbread. Yeah, I could see that with the Russian Imperial Stout. Let's see. Central Tracks, Melissa McKaylee suggests Samoas with Founders Dirty Bastard. Thin Mints with Great Divides Yeti Imperial Stout. Dosi Dose with Founders Imperial Stout. Suggestions from the Brooklyn Brew Shop. Well, Jesus Christ. This seems kind of specific here. Thin Mints with Bootleggers uh, Breweries, Mint Chocolate Porter. Yeah, if you, if you got a good mint chocolate beer, I can see that working. Um, accentuating the flavor, maybe fixing a balance that isn't 100% there even. I could see the Thin Mints, again, with, with the Flying Dog uh, Mint Chocolate Stout because maybe it might set that balance right. Maybe. Tagalongs with Brooklyn Brew Shops, Peanut Butter Porter. See, I... I don't, I don't think I'd want to do a peanut butter cookie with a peanut butter beer because you're 
you're overwhelming the peanut butter at that point. Just my thought. Um, let's see. Oh, okay, here we go. Flying Dog Brewery includes the following pairings with its own beers, and I want to say that I've talked about these before. Trefoils with Pearl Necklace Oyster Stout, Dosey Dose with Lucky SOB Irish Red Ale, Samoas with Raging Bitch Belgian Style IPA, Tagalongs with Gonzo Imperial Porter, and Thin Mints with Cujo Imperial Coffee Stout. That last one, I can definitely see that, and I'm very glad they did not necessarily try and pair the Thin Mints with their Mint Chocolate Stout. Um, let's see. The, the comments, there aren't a lot of comments on this one, but this is actually pretty cool. Uh, Southern Tears Creme Brulee Stout with uh, Thin Mints. He says it's bound to work, although I haven't tried the mix yet. Okay, fair enough. Uh, peanut Butter Patties with Terrapin Muhu Chocolate Milk Stout. See, again, everybody loves Muhu, and it isn't... Uh, it, 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 it's okay, but it's, it, it's nowhere near one of my favorite milk stouts, much less one of my favorite chocolate milk stouts. I don't know. I, I, I don't get it. Um... Of course, Sylvia has to be a uh, a a a, 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 a uh, what's what, what's the term I want? Gloomy Gus or a, a whatever. She's she's whining about this. Uh, I don't like this promotion because I believe it could encourage alcohol use in minors, as it enticingly pairs a product Girl Scouts sell with alcoholic beverages. I've seen these promotions posted on Facebook. A social media heavily used by minors. I am a mother and past Girl Scout and Girl Scout leader. Okay. Um, let's see. 212944 responds to Sylvia. Seriously, you should not be allowed to be a scout leader, Sylvia. And Andy Hapka says, could you give us an actual logical reasoning for your belief and specify how it is enticing? If we take a picture of Girl Scout cookies on the hood of a car or eat them while driving, are we encouraging underage driving? Very good. Very good. Um, and you know what? There were a few more pairings on another site here. Uh, on uh, First We Feast, actually. This was a little bit different, though. Uh, they, they had, they had uh, beer pairings, but I think they actually went off the beer pairings from Craft Beer and Brewing, uh, the site I was going off before. Um, yeah. So these were actually bourbon pairings. I don't know shit about bourbon. Um, some of you out there probably do. I would assume you do. I would like to know more about bourbon. I don't really know if I truly enjoy bourbon. Probably haven't had the right bourbon to enjoy. But let's get into this a little bit. Thin Mints. The Bourbon Review recommends Basil Hayden's because its peppermint notes help it pair beautifully with America's favorite Girl Scout cookie, the Thin Mint. Um, let's see, Tagalongs and the Peanut Butter Patties. Uh, Johnny Drum by Willet says it stands up well to the rich taste and mouthfeel of this classic chocolate and peanut butter cookie. Samoas, uh, we have Angel's Envy Rye, because the brown sugar and cinnamon in the Angel's Envy work beautifully with everyone's favorite coconutty Girl Scout cookie treat. And um, that was actually, they only did Tagalong Samoas and Thin Mints, which is fair. I mean, those are probably the, the uh, Thin Mints and Samoas, those are like the, the biggest ones. And I guess Tagalongs are kind of up there. I still like I still like the other peanut butter ones better, but just me i guess because I, I don't i don't necessarily need my peanut butter with chocolate just give me my peanut butter i'm good with that um 
Are there any other links I had for this? I don't think I. I don't think there was. I, I think I pretty much covered everything that everybody sent me on this one. So uh, after the break, a uh, few things coming up. Uh, there was a uh, Reddit AMA from um, Jake Leinenkugel uh, a few days ago, and there were there were a few interesting bits on there. Um, not necessarily ultra revealing, but it was interesting. Um, Draft Mag kind of no pun intended, dipped into the science of wax sealing bottles and whether or not there's really a point to it. And eh, maybe a few more things if I get to it. And of course, the new releases and reveals for the week. I got stuff from uh, Lagunitas, Hoppin' Frog, and oh, a wonderful new thing from Anheuser Bush that I'm sure everybody will love. So I'll be back in a bit here. I'll call my volume on More Like Radio. Uh, uh-oh, something's not working here. Ooh, ooh, that is curious. Let's see here. Why is that not working? Mm, let's see. Let's cue this up now and see what happens. Oh, shit. Is my break not going to come up? That's, that's, that's not good. That that's not good at all. So you know what? I'm gonna yap a little bit here. I'm gonna I'm gonna vamp. Uh, see if I can open up my sound app again. See if it will actually work this time. Blah 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 blah. Uh, oh Jesus Christ! It wants to update Adobe Air. That's probably what fucking happened. Stupid uh, motherfucking piece of shit bag ass fuck. Okay. Let's see here. It's always something. Always fucking something, isn't it? Why the fuck? Okay, this is really fucking weird. So you know what? Fuck that. Fuck that right in its fucking stupid face. Uh, Okay. I think this should work. I'll be back. I think. Maybe. Whoa, this is fucking weird. Holy shit, what the hell? It's acting like everything is acting like it's muted or something. Oh, wait, I want. No, that. That shouldn't be the case, because that worked. Wow. I am so fucking confused right now. This has to be so fucking entertaining right now. Uh, let's see. What will this do? And wonderful dog barking in the background. And Let's open this up again. And Well, you know what? Okay, uh, let me see. I'm actually... I'm actually uh, when I when I tease that when I tease that I am um, doing a uh, Evil Genius review coming up on YouTube, I'm just gonna reveal. I'm actually drinking them tonight, so I did the review before. I shot the review before uh, before the show. Let's um, let's test this. Okay, that's not working. Um, let's test this. That's not working. 
What the fuck is going on here? Oh, wait a second. Holy shit. Wait, why is that? Oh my god. How the hell did that do that? Oh, that's so fucking weird. Oh my god. Okay. Somehow everything decided to actually mute itself. When it shouldn't have. I don't understand why. Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, if it's not a Skype problem, like some other shows have tended to have, it's just a straight up fucking clusterfuck of a problem. I'll be back after this. I'll go by volume, Kevin oh, Show. Hey! It's hey. oh, the name of the show. Hey. More like radio, less like crap. Want more alcohol by volume? Because I'm kind of drunk for this. Let's shit nuts. Download past episodes at morelikeradio.org. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. And follow along on Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol. I find you're drunk in this fit. Are you on appeal? I am drunk, or I wouldn't be talking to you. Hey, smokers, you stink. I'm not talking about your character. That's a given. I'm talking about your clothes. It's time to kick the butts and move over to something more pleasant. I'm talking about e-cigs from Smokeless Image. They're cheaper than cigarettes, don't smell, and are available in a wide variety of flavors ranging from mints, fruits, desserts, or the traditional tobacco flavors if that's what you want. Simply go to tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke for all your vaping needs. That's tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke. Antisocial. Gamer Radio. Hi, this is Ashley, host of Antisocial Gamer Radio, telling you to come listen to my show every Tuesday at uh, 9pm UK time, 4pm Eastern on morelikeradio.com. Uh, every week I like to talk about all the latest stuff going on in the gaming world, what's been coming out, what's new releases, all the topics that you like to hear, I'll be talking about it every single week. Saturday's noon east. Join Halls and Rorschach as they bring you the news you need to get you through your weekend. <laughs> Ollie, can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> okay, Ollie, I'm outside right now. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's really boring hard out here. Uh, Sounds like it. Where are you at? Are you in Antarctica? <laughs> uh, wait a minute, Ollie. I see somebody coming toward me. There's a, there's a man coming toward me. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, what, you, uh, uh, what are you doing in my yard? I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> I just want to say that this snowstorm is a bunch of fucking bullshit out here. I'm going to let you go back in the house, Rorschach, because the sound effect is about to run out. Hey guys, it's Halls from It's All About Me. Join Rorschach and myself every Saturday from noon to 2 Eastern Time right here on More Like Radio. If you weren't able to catch the last Hippo Juice show, here's what you probably missed. I just keep thinking to myself, and it makes me giggle, that I, every time I hear the story, I imagine it was Ray Romano in the same situation. <laughs> oh. Oh, kind of does. I barely touched her. Come on. Oh. oh, it was my brother. Look at him. He's bigger than me. Come on. Oh. Come on. Everybody loves me. Oh, I, got, I got twins. Come on. Oh, let's go. Let's go Home Depot. Come on. <laughs> 
Fess up, Raymond. You know it was you. They got you on video. <laughs> Anybody want soup? Ma, come on. We're talking over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm dying. <laughs> so if you learn anything from Hippo Chips, remember Ray Romano allegedly punched his wife in an elevator. Right. <laughs> we don't report the news accurately. We report half of it. Whatever. It's still news. So fuck you guys. This is more entertaining than some football player. Listen to the Hippo Juice Show live every Wednesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on morelikeradio.com. Now deep sleep, cause the V is so deep. An interesting show, it won't ever put you to sleep. It has all the content that you want the best show on the planet. I ain't even gonna front deep sleep. Bringing it again and again. Don't ever miss a show and make sure that you're always tuned in. Hosted by my man Mike and Ski Ray. Keep it turned up on the mic all day. Ask me what's my favorite podcast. I say DP. Listen to the show while you're sipping on your tea. It's the hottest of the hot. You ain't gotta trust me. Tune into the show and you will definitely see. With Mike and Ski Ray, you can't go wrong. The biggest show ever, bigger than a King Kong. Listen up and don't ever, ever miss a beat. It's Deep V. Remember that the V is so deep. What's up, everybody? Deep V Podcast. Deep V. Be sure to listen to us Fridays at 8 Eastern on morelikeradio.com. Yep. Also download us on iTunes. Just type in Deep V. Deep V, your favorite podcast. Favorite, favorite podcast. You know, at the start of the last episode, we went through uh, different nationalities, you know, and now people know that we're Irish. <laughs> and now people know that we're all shite at accents <laughs> as well. <laughs> but I was wondering, is it prejudice to not make fun of, like, all of the countries? Where are you going for here? We'll name check every country on the show. That way no one can be mad. How about that? I could do Swedish. Oh, yeah. Well. Birdie, birdie. <laughs> <laughs> and to the Italians. Papa the poopy. Papa the poopy. <laughs> okay. To the Mexicans? The Amen. Uh, Spain? <laughs> oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. Uh, this is Mitch, pull? producer of Dutch and Royce. Oh. I just wanted to take a quick moment to remind you why we are better than you. Australians? I took the turkey baster and put it in the glass and sucked up as much pee as I could. Oh my god. I, took I have the no idea what is going on there, but I'm just going to let it go because whatever. Because I've clearly forgotten how to audio. Baster after lubricating it in my asshole. It's like I put it up as far as I could in my asshole, and I was repeatedly thrusting it in and out while jacking off and screaming out a boy's name and moaning to make it feel like it was funny like this. I then imagined in my head him screaming, I'm coming! And I squeezed the turkey baster ball, shooting all my pee into my Mitch, I kept on, taking to the t- I kept taking the turkey baster out and filling it with more pee and shooting it deep into my asshole, <laughs> making it feel like it was a huge come. Listen to Dutch and Royce live Tuesdays from ten to midnight, only on morelikeradio.com. And it broke. Oh my god. Hold on a second. What the fuck? Yeah, the Mitch promo was sped up for some reason. I have no fucking clue. Holy shit. What the fuck is going on with my computer tonight? This is the 
weirdest fucking shit. I, I, I remember I had that happen one time before. Uh, I want to finish this break. Because maybe maybe I can go pee or something. So uh, let me see. Let me bring that down. And see if I can figure out what the fuck is going on here. Uh, okay, so I got that there. Uh, let me see if I got a timer on this. Uh, More pee and shooting it deep into my asshole. <laughs> Make it feel <laughs> like it was me. No, that's blank. That's blank. something you need from oh, Amazon.com. Yeah. Don't pitch listening to find qual. It's gonna pick up. It's gonna pick. There we go. Hey you. Yes, you guessed ten million five hundred and forty-two. Change your username. And while you're in a more like radio live page, listening to fine quality programming, notice the banner ad just slightly above the chat room. It's a link to something you want in Amazon. Click it. It's probably reminding you to order something you need from Amazon.com. Don't leave MLR and type the URL like a sucker. Just click the link and it'll open in a new window. This way you can buy your shit and continue listening to the show. Now, change your username. It's right there on the right, stupid. The official Alcohol by Volume YouTube channel. Find out what's destroying my liver every week. Ah, my liver, my liver! New beer reviews every Saturday morning. And occasionally some bonus reviews in the middle of the week, too. Hmm, your ideas are intriguing to me, and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Subscribe now at youtube.com slash MLR Alcohol by Volume. Come on, let's go drink till we can't feel feelings anymore. A tub of lineup stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. More like radio.com. Other internet radio stations are gay. You're listening to Alcohol by Volume on More Like Radio. See that, AJ? That was a teachable moment about a little thing called confidence. And contrary to what you may have heard, you can never have too much of it. Or bourbon. Where's the bourbon? Okay, I gotta have some Irish or at least some scotch or blended or... Jesus Christ, Woodhouse! Stock the bar! Okay, here we go. So we have... Oh, tequila and coffee liqueur. All right, so we can make, I guess this will be a black Mexican. What? No, that's not racist. That's what it is. If you added milk, it would be a white Mexican. But all we have is breast milk, ew, which would make it a rusty Krieger. Oh, oh, God. Wow, that is mierda. Okay, I'm actually back this time. Jesus fucking Christ. Ugh. I don't even think I can necessarily blame it on my board this time either. I mean, I, I know my board has its problems, but... Christ. And I really don't want to buy a new board anyway. As much as I'd be tempted to. And I'd say I'd get a new desktop computer, but... I don't really need one. To be honest, this computer, all I really use it for, um, let's see, I host my Plex server on here so I can watch movies and TV at work, I run torrents on here, which I'm not running now, so I can't blame this fuck up on that, uh, and I do the show on here, um, so why the fuck do I need three monitors on this thing? Jesus Christ. I don't know. Maybe I do need a new desktop, then I'd use it more. Eh. But, uh, um, where the fuck was I? Ugh. Fucking audio problems always derailing me. Ugh. So, yeah. Um, 
Well, before the break, I was talking about uh, something from Draft Mag. They were talking about wax sealing bottles. And uh, I don't have a lot of experience with uh, sealed wax bottles, or wax sealed bottles, rather. We wouldn't want a wax bottle because that would that would not work well. Um, and it, it, they're a fucking pain in the ass to open. I mean, y- you likely saw me dealing with one in my YouTube reviews. I think it was the uh, River Horse uh, Berliner Weisse. And it's just, it's a fucking pain in the ass. I mean, it, it, some of them will open somewhat nicely, and then others you just got to chip away at the damn thing. Um, I never thought there was any particular scientific reason for it. I just thought it looked fancier for more limited release bottles and stuff like that. Uh, so they actually asked, and this is uh, Kate Bernat from Draft Mag, asked if there is a scientific point to the wax dipping of bottles. I mean, Bolero Snort here in New Jersey, they actually just released a, uh, was it a peppercorn brown ale? And they were wax dipping all those. I saw every step of the process on uh, Instagram from them. And it was cool looking, but is there a point? So she goes to say, uh, it's stout season means I'm delighting over beautiful pores of velvety imperials with dark inviting heads. It's not the only dark inviting heads she's looking at. It also means I'm struggling like a grandma opening a pickle jar when I try and cut through wax seals. That's the problem I have. After a few weeks of hacking away at what feels like inches of hard wax in every color imaginable, I've grown frustrated. Sure, the wax looks fancy, like I said, but is there a scientific reason for the coating to stand between me and my beer? Some claim that a layer of wax helps keep air out of the bottle, reducing the chance of oxidation. Is this necessary in a bottle that's already cap-sealed, though? I mean, look, Sierra Nevada changed back to uh, pry-off tops because they said, you know... Limits the oxidation and, you know, keeps, uh, what the fuck? How did that glass get so dirty? Sorry. ADD. Um, but the pry-off tops keep the oxygen out better than the twist-offs. Wax is still pretty permeable when it comes down to it. So would it really work like that? She called Dr. Andrew L. Waterhouse, a researcher and professor of enology at UC Davis who studies the effects of oxidation on wine. He said he couldn't speak to beer specifically and that a cursory search of the literature on oxygen permeability of wax didn't yield much useful information. He told me his instincts said that if a bottle was capped with a crown, the wax shouldn't matter much, but it wasn't his area of expertise. So then she went on to some scientific journals. There are a lot of studies out there about wine and oxidation. Bunch of beer message board threads dedicated to the whole wax debate. Uh, But apparently no one's written scientifically about whether wax seals prevent oxygen from sneaking through caps and corks to ruin beer. So the wine research, this is kind of what jumped out at her here. She said, plenty of wineries and breweries look favorably on micro-oxidation of their liquids. Micro-oxidation, when a minuscule amount of air seeps into a beer or wine through the cap or cork, rounds out flavors and softens alcohol. It's why we age beer and wine, after all. There you go. If it was a completely hermetically sealed environment, there would really be no point to aging a beer. There, there, there's got to just be that, that slight entry of an outside variable. Um, 
So if nothing changed about it in the bottle, we could drink those barrel-aged stouts and burgundies right after they come off the bottling line. A completely closed environment isn't exactly what we're after. Okay, yeah, that's basically what I just said. I probably should have probably should have read ahead there, and you know, I wouldn't have had to reiterate myself. Um, hey, Cornex. Um, so she said, at the end of her deep library dive, she came away firmly in the anti-wax camp. If we don't need a 100% sealed environment, and the, if the wax can't be proven to do as much, to preserve beer's flavor, then what's the point beyond aesthetics? And that's exactly that's exactly what I'm thinking. It, it's all aesthetics at that point. In fact, I sometimes wonder, um, corked and caged beers, if there's really a difference corking it versus uh, capping it. I'd want to say there probably is because I think they're is probably a little bit more permeability in the cork and they're deliberately using that permeability to affect the beer in such a way same would go for wine i would assume um but i I can't necessarily speak to that with uh with with beer with any authority but usually usually you see this the same styles corked and caged um, it's often like imperial stouts, things like that. Um, but that that is something I would want to look into more. Just seeing why cork and cage versus a cap for certain beer styles is it an issue of the oxidation permeability, or is it another aesthetic kind of thing? Um, when it comes to the wax, though, I I can definitely do without it. Like I said, I've had I've had a few wax capped beers and it's fucking annoying. It makes a mess. You're more likely to cut yourself with a pen knife before you even get the goddamn beer open. Uh, so there's another one from Draft Mag talking about the uh, Reddit AMA from Jake Leinenkugel. Hey, it's another Kate Bernat article. Jeez, she's all over the place. Um... So he, um, let's see, he did this, what did I say, uh, I said a few, a few days ago, I think it was like three days ago, they basically picked out five tidbits from it, um, there were a few more that I kind of scrolled through on the actual Reddit AMA that seemed interesting, uh, the first one on here that they said though, he didn't like that Bud ad either, in a response to a question about his reaction to Budweiser's Super Bowl commercial that everyone on the internet saw as anti-craft, Jake said, I was surprised by the Budweiser ad, somewhat shocked, and they've recently made some craft purchases. Yep, Elysian. And they were directly busting on Elysian in that commercial. I'm also a believer that all brewers and all beers are good. Well, there are bad beers. There are definitely bad beers. Um, and there are probably bad brewers, too. It's just like there are, there's good and bad of everything. Um so I got I, I got to contest that. Not all brewers and not all beers are good. Um, that said, if people are buying your beer, chances are there's something good about it, and there's something good about your brewing process. So, but then again, the populace is pretty stupid too, and they buy a lot of Miley Cyrus albums. Uh, number two on here. Moving along, why does Summer Shandy seem to be released earlier and earlier each year? He said, we brought Summer Shandy back early because competitors started chasing us early. And that's true. Uh, you, you're, you will start to see Sam Adams summer beers hitting 
probably within the, I would guess within the next two months, easily, easily. I mean, their spring beers were hitting pretty much by the first of the year. So um, it's also 80 degrees in Arizona, Southern California, and Florida. Plus, we ran out of cranberry ginger shandy six weeks early because it was so well-liked. Going on, speaking of shandies, with the third thing here, get ready for a Steigl Radler competitor from Line and Kugels. He said grapefruit shandy is coming March 1st. You might even see it now. We're also testing an IPL with local markets. That is very interesting that Line and Kugel will be doing a uh, IPL. Uh, I mean, I, I norm normally, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think if uh, did Sam Adams do an IPL? I think Sam Adams did an IPL. Um, I I, I can't complain about them kind of diversifying what they do. I mean, I I've had some good stuff from Line and Kugels in the past year. Uh, I still do enjoy their shandies. I'd like to try their grapefruit shandy. I've always said their summer shandy is great. Until you have Porch Rocker from Sam Adams, and that blows it out of the water. Um, but getting a variety case of the Shandies is perfect to keep my car in the summer for lunchtime at work. Um, but I, I, IPL, I, I like seeing more IPLs out there. It's a style you don't see a lot of. Um, yeah, Mitch says after St. Patty's, the Shandies will come out. So that's that's pretty true. Um yeah, and going back to the, the Bud commercial, like Cornex says, the funny thing is Bud thinks that pumpkin peach ale is a ridiculous made-up thing, but actually a real thing by a craft brewery that they bought. Yeah, Elysian had done a pumpkin peach ale. So I, I don't know what the fuck Budweiser was thinking. Honestly, honestly, they probably did that commercial before the Elysian purchase was completed, uh, well before, and nobody thought to uh, nobody thought to actually say, this might not be a good idea. Maybe we should do a quick edit on this. Um, oh, and Mitch says he just put one of his homebrews in the fridge. It's not technically done priming until Saturday, but yellow swag. Y'all, you will have to let me know how those are. Um, damn. Oh, I want. I. I so want to do homebrew, and I got a good videography check too. I just. I. I can't justify starting it up yet I really really want to god damn I'm living vicariously through you Mitch you 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 are doing the brewing that I want to do uh um <laughs> and Cornac Cornac says right to, to people that wouldn't be into craft brews pumpkin peach does sound like a fake flavor combination it, it does sound like a couple things just kind of thrown together like you know um well, you can fit there with with your with your uh oh god. God, see, another fucking example where I can't think on my fucking toes. Um why don't you have your raspberry pretzel ale which has been done. Took me long enough to think of that. Um uh, Oh shit, I didn't reply to that text, did I? Um Damn it, Cornex, I don't remember who Twin Strike is. And, oops, I just dropped a hard drive. That's not good. Ugh. I don't think I bought Beast Hunters Twin Strike. I barely bought any Beast Hunters figures, and nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about right now. Um, 
number four to those who say Line and Kugel shandies aren't quote real beers. Now apparently somebody somebody kind of contested this in the Reddit uh, thread, but I'll just go for this. First of all, Shandy is a real beer. It was created by Franz Kugler because he was running out of beer. They're growing in Germany where they started. The style was adopted by the British and Irish. You're going to find a lot of Shandy beers, especially in the summer. Yes, that's true. We're very proud to be the first American brewer to successfully brew and introduce a Shandy-style beer. As far as flavor goes, some people do not prefer Shandy beers because they do not prefer fruit or citrus. Um, and yeah, I mean, Line and Kugel's... When when you when you think a shandy beer, you cannot help but think Line and Kugel's first in the U.S. It, that just happens. That's the way it works. Um, but uh, it, it's kind of interesting when he says, as far as flavor goes, some people don't prefer shandy beers because they don't prefer fruit or citrus. I almost kind of think of shandies as citrus beers for people who like citrus but don't like IPAs. Because IPAs can be very citrusy, but then you end up with that hot bitterness. Um, I mean, really, shandies, shandies are a combination of fruit and beer. Uh, lemon and beer, you know, orange and beer. So it is it is kind of a hybrid thing. Um, God damn it, Cornex. Generation 1 double cross. I, oh, now that you say it, I should have realized that. Oi. And Cornex has a good idea. Pineapple Zucchini IPA. You know what, though, dude? I could see that. Because pineapple citrus in an IPA... Pineapple aromas and flavors in IPAs are very common. And the crispness of zucchini... Although, you know what? I'd want to replace it with cucumber. I think cucumber would be a pineapple cucumber IPA. God damn it. Someone get on this. Um, What the fuck would you call it? I was trying to think of a witty combination of pineapple and cucumber, but all I came up with was puke. That doesn't really work. That's not going to mark it very well. Uh, then the last thing on here, uh, while he's at it, Jake clarifies his whole stance on craft versus crafty. In my opinion, craft beer is in the mind of the beer drinker. I can tell you we've been making the highest quality beers for over 148 years. The majority of our beer drinkers consider us craft. Personally, I don't care about definitions. I care about great beers. And you know what? I, I can respect that. I can respect that. So in the actual Reddit AMA here, um, let's see. Mm. They were talking about, the, uh, somebody asked about the twist tops versus the pry tops. And they said that the twist off basically out of convenience. Uh, they're able to purchase glass bottles more efficiently for twist off with the machines they have. Um, Apparently, Line and Google has commercials, which I have not seen because I don't really watch a lot of commercial TV and download most of my stuff. Um, somebody asked, who's the stunningly hot blonde in your commercials? It's apparently his daughter, Ellie. <laughs> Whoops. Um, somebody asked him what breweries in Wisconsin he would put in his top five. Now, of course, he went the company line, said obviously Miller because they're a mother and father. But he went through some others. He said New Glarus, Ale Asylum, Central Waters, and Lakefront. So I can't argue with that. He 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 still will appreciate the craft. Um, he says, "What's your favorite beer?" That uh, somebody asked, "What's your favorite beer that isn't yours?" Uh, Pilsner or Kell and Guinness on Draft in a traditional Irish pub in Ireland. That's fair. 
Um, let's see. Uh. He he gave he gave total credit for the uh, creation of Snowdrift Vanilla Porter to their brewing and innovation team, um, which yeah Snowdrift Vanilla Porter is is good. That is that is a line in Google's beer that I will consistently get. Um. Oh yeah okay yeah here here we go somebody somebody contesting the whole Franz Kugler Shandy thing saying, uh, the invention of Radler has been widely attributed to the Munich gastronomer Franz Xaver Kugler in 1922. However, the recipe had been mentioned as early as 1912. Further research shows Shandy is short of Shandy Gaffer, which was a mix of lager and ginger ale and dates back to 1853. And then somebody got into the Reinheitsgebot and all that. And obviously, Radler was not adhering to the Reinheitsgebot because it's not just water, barley, and hops. Um, let's see. Somebody asked him his favorite kind of pie. Kind of boring with that homemade apple pie with a f- scoop of local fresh-made vanilla ice cream. That's, that's kind of basic. Um, let's see. It was it was overall a pretty good AMA though. Um, and, and I say AMA like everybody understands what that is. It, AMA stands for Ask Me Anything. Um, there are a lot of good ones on there. For instance, uh, there was there was a recent one where um, anybody that's been watching uh, Marco Polo on Netflix, uh, the cricket minister did an AMA, uh, and that was actually pretty cool because a lot of the questions weren't even about the show; they were just about him, which was fantastic. So, Reddit is definitely good for that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Snowdrift is the uh, vanilla porter. Yeah, and White Ass Brent in the chat says he thinks it's not bad. That is that is one of Line and Kugel's better beers. Um, yeah, and it's winter seasonal, but the, the shandies the shandies are good. Um, Snowdrift vanilla porter is good. Some of the some of the Big Eddie stuff is pretty good. Um, I had the that was it the cherry doppelbach that was pretty good. Um, Jesus Christ. Mitch prefers the uh, Miami version of the show Marco Cholo. Jesus Christ. Well, they are referring to Latins all the time in Marco Polo. It's a good show. I'm getting caught up on all my TV. I finished Marco Polo. I finished uh, Grace Point, um, which is the U.S. version of uh, the BBC's uh, broad church and uh, eh, you know it was okay ending was slightly different which made it worth it to watch uh, let's see caught up on Archer caught up on It's Always Sunny I watched I, I complete completely divergent conversation here I finally watched Moon with Sam Rockwell god damn that movie was depressing oh ah but it was still a very very cool movie um, I watched Interstellar last week, which is a fantastic movie and has actually turned me around on Matthew McConaughey and really makes me want to watch True Detective now. Um, one more I watched today that I know I will get grief for because I actually kind of enjoyed it was uh, the recent Ninja Turtles movie. And it, like I said on Twitter earlier, it was good for what it was. It was a popcorn flick. And it's not like the original trilogy was high artsy cinema or anything 
Um, it was good for what it was. There were there were enjoyable moments in it. There was some entertaining shit in it. So, um, yeah, it's kind of nice when it's slow at work and I can just sit and watch movies. It's the one part of my job that I don't want to slip my wrists over. Just streaming shit from my from my server at home and watching movies and TV and catching up on everything. Although there's a there's a series that um, James J from uh, LI mentioned on. His podcast, uh, which is um, uh, This Is Never Going to Work, if you want to follow him on Twitter, at never underscore going to work, I believe it is. But he was talking about uh, uh, Black Mirror. I guess it's a BBC series, and it just popped up on Netflix. Two diff- two seasons, three episodes each season, and it goes for the kind of um, serialized, not serialized, that's not what I want, kind of the sci-fi um anthologized anthology storytelling that like twilight zone would do where you have standalone episodes that kind of shit um so when did this turn into a movie and tv podcast i don't know but that's part of the stuff of the podcast um what do i do next do i do that maybe do you guys do you guys believe in zodiac signs do you think it's full of shit? Because uh, from EliteDaily.com, we can see what your Zodiac sign says about your drinking habits. You guys in the chat. Um, okay, White S. Brent says Black Mirror is great. So, awesome. Good thumbs up on that. Uh, Mitch, Brent, Cornex, if you're still there. Um, and, damn it. Ah, who was a uh, guest? I, I completely missed that. Guest 574193. Um Suggesting the, uh, the the cucumber goes well with tropical flavors. God damn it! Um, whoever you are, yes, thank you for thank you for concurring with that. Um, um, wait, red, black, on crack says lion. What? Huh? Does that mean you're Leo? Uh, Brent, Mitch, Cornex, if you're still there, let me know your uh, astrological signs, and then we can find out about your drinking habits. So uh, for me. I'll start off with me. I'm a Virgo. Oh, yeah. This one kind of goes for me. Maybe not. You can find these perfectionists sipping wine at the end of the bar solo after a rough day at the office. These are not your ideal drinking partners as they tend to keep more themselves as opposed to a crowd of people. Dive bars? Yeah, right. And you know what? With me... Yeah, I am not your ideal drinking partner. I do tend to keep more to myself. Um, used to used to be cool with the dive bars and shit like that, but not anymore. But I'm not sipping wine at the end of the bar, and typically when I drink, I'm doing it by myself at home. Uh, Virgos are neat freaks, hate less than exceptional establishments. If you're looking for a classy night out of the town, then look no further than your Virgo friend. Um... Yeah, I'm not going to want to drink in some dump because I'm not going to be sure. Well, first of all, some dump is probably isn't going to have the have the uh, beers that I want uh, or beers that I would drink. Um, so, yeah, I'm probably going to be, you know, wanting a, a cleaner-ish establishment. Not necessarily classy, but, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> White S. Brent's a Virgo, too. Let's dock. <laughs> he loves dive bars, hates wine. Um, let's see. Okay, so right black on crack is a Leo. 
Get the liquor flowing and a Leo's mouth will not stop moving. Leos don't hold back their opinions, regardless if they're offensive. That sounds about right. Uh, everyone knows how chatty people start to get after they've thrown multiple shots back. Yes, especially flavored vodka shots. Oof. Be careful when trying to put Leos in their place, as their natural role is similar to a lion. A leader. Rawr. Um... Okay, let's see. Uh, okay, and Kornak's talking about like horoscopes and astrological signs. He says, it's, it's cool if they have something that fits me, but I don't really look at them or base my day off them. I just go, oh, that's pretty fitting, or I ignore it. Um, I'm like that, too. I'll see stuff like... I'll hear people, oh, you're such a Virgo. And there is stuff that does fit me. But... Um, Cornex is the Taurus, so let's see what they say about him. Taurus, said to be one of the more loyal astrological signs. This person will be by your side no matter what. Need a good wingman for the night? This is whom you should be calling. Be careful, though, because once a Taurus is blacked out, the stubbornness will be sure to emerge. If they don't like your game plan for the night, rest assured they will not succumb to this peer pressure, especially when alcohol is involved. This is also perhaps the worst person to get into a drunken altercation with, as they are temperamental by nature. So, uh, <laughs> how does that sound, Cornex? Well, I wait for that reply, because I know we have a slight delay. Uh, Mitch is an Aries. Let's see what they say about Aries. Uh, where the fuck is Aries? Scroll, 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 scroll. Aries. Known for having an outgoing and friendly demeanor. Oh, there goes that. An intoxicated Aries will bounce from person to person, checking in and making sure everyone else is enjoying themselves as much as the Aries is. Then again, you know what? I've seen Mitch drunk, and yeah, he, he is a little bouncy. If not, you can count on this person to buy you enough shots until you are on his or her level. If you're ever in a bad mood, this is definitely the person you want to hit up for happy hour. So, basically, Mitch is fun. <laughs> oh, Mitch says that's not him. Boo! I don't know. I don't know. When I, when I saw you, like, initially at uh, Royce and Marie's, you were, you were kind of bouncy, although Sherry was, Sherry was bouncy all over the goddamn place. Um, you know what, Mitch, um, what's, uh, what's Sherry's astrological sign? I'm curious about that. Um, and Cornax, let's see, uh, never blacked out, little odd, but I've been described as a fun drunk, not angry. So yeah, see so your mileage may vary with these, but I want, I want to know Sherry's sign because th th this Sherry is one that I have, I have definitely seen intoxicated. So and obviously, Mitch would be able to assess this pretty well, too. Uh, she is October. Uh, October what? Because um, I, I know, like, for instance, uh, my birthday, like, uh, my birthday's in August, but August has two different signs. And Mitch, you better know her birthday, dude. Astrological sign for October. Um, well, I guess it could, let's see, god damn it, um, if it's after October 24th, it is a Scorpio, otherwise I think it's a Libra, uh, 11th, so I think that's Libra, um, god damn it, 
October 11th. Make sure here. Um, what the fuck, dude? Okay. Uh, I hate these websites. They're so fucking awful. Oh my god. Who who authored these? Okay. Yep. She is a Libra. Sorry about that, Mitch. Um, okay. <laughs> Here we go. A Libra is perhaps one of the best people to go out and get hammered with. They're the happy-go-lucky types who always want everyone to have fun. Does that sound familiar, Mitch? They are level-headed, which is a great quality to have when getting shit-faced. Uh, uh, maybe. Uh, when your two friends get into a fight, you can always count on a Libra to mediate the situation. Something tells me Sherry would not necessarily be mediating, but more... Uh, watching. <laughs> watching and drinking. <laughs> yeah, def- definitely not level-headed. Mitch concurs with that. So, uh, interesting there. I'm not, I'm not going to go through the rest of the signs because it's not, it's not interesting if, you know, if it's not your sign. If you're really, really interested in it, look up on uh, EliteDaily.com and maybe I'll post it on the Facebook group if I'm, uh, Feeling so inclined. Uh, let's see. I guess now is probably well. You know what? One one more thing. One more thing. I'll hit up. Let me actually cross this off of my list here, because uh, I always I, I always fucking forget what I've done and what I haven't done, because drinking during this show affects my memory. Memory. That is a problem. So, from First We Feast, again, this is one I've been holding on to since December. Um, Sherry gives in to peer pressure super easily. That does not surprise me. There was a fabric that will smell like Johnny Walker Black forever. Heriot Watt University has developed your dream fabric. This smart tweed features... Micro-encapsulation technology that allows it to smell like the unique scent of Johnny Walker Black, a scent the makers call Aqua Alba. The colors used in the tweed reflect the ingredients used in the whiskey-making process, and what's really impressive is that this technology allows the scent to stay permanently imbued in the fabric even after multiple cleanings. So... They made a fabric that evokes the rich malt, golden vanilla, red fruit, and dark chocolate tones that are Johnny Walker Black's signature. The problem, I would say, with it being permanently imbued in the tweed, say you get pulled over for speeding. Say you haven't had a drop to drink. A fucking cop is going to smell that tweed and think you've been drinking. So a full range of products using this fabric is planned for unveiling in Berlin before being launched across Europe. Well, Europe's a little more freewheeling with drinking anyway. That said, it probably would be pretty a pretty comforting garment to wear. Because that would be a nice, uh, comfortable smell. Um, <laughs> Mitch giving an example of Sherry giving into peer pressure. Sherry, want to go out for drinks? No, I'm tired. 
Come on, pussy. Not a fucking pussy. Let's do shots. Yeah, that sounds like Sherry. Um, I, I'll, I'll give in to peer pressure. I don't give in to it that easily. Um, I'll be like, eh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, 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 oh, I gotta be home by ten. Yeah, maybe ten thirty. I don't. I'll see what happens. And then I drink too much and can't get home anyway, and whatever. Um, okay, you know what? One more thing before I get into the new releases and reveals for the week. Facebook is developing a software to stem the tide of drunk photos, which is no fun at all because those are some of the best photos on Facebook, honestly. Uh, um, in the article, there's actually a fucking great one of these girls in a tub. Um, although, to be honest... Yeah, it, it's three girls apparently naked in a tub drinking, but uh, in my opinion, the the one at the front is probably the only doable one here. Uh, pay no attention to the guy on the right. But um, this is from firstwefeast.com. Uh, you've been there, you're out with your friends, you're looking fly, Ugh. you take some selfies, you post all 20 of them straight to Facebook. See, I've never done that. I will maybe post one drunk picture to Instagram, and that's it. Then you wake up, realize you were looking more drunk than fly. Every single picture shows you downing a different cocktail. Oops. You know what? Part part of why I can't do that is that the, uh, the front-facing camera on my uh, phone, uh, every time I try and use it, I'm using a, a fucking custom ROM on my phone, and every time I try and use my front-facing camera, the phone crashes. So it's kind of a drunk selfie protection, I think. So anyway... Uh, Yan LeCun, an NYU researcher who now oversees the Facebook Artificial Intelligence Research Lab, aims to stop such behavior or at least warn people when they're about to post something they may regret. Um, LeCun wants to build a kind of Facebook digital assistant that will say, recognize when you're uploading an embarrassingly candid photo of your late night antics. In a virtual way, he explains this assistant would tap you on the shoulder and say, uh... This is being posted publicly. Are you sure you want your boss and your mother to see this? Well, maybe if you set your privacy settings right, your boss ain't going to see it, unless you friended your boss, and which means you're a fucking idiot, because I wouldn't friend my boss in a million fucking years. And my mom, I don't know if she really does much Facebook anyway. So it would combine image recognition and AI, so the system would be able to distinguish between drunk and sober pictures. So basically, I don't think it would allow any pictures of me because there's really no distinguishing with me. Um, he also spoke about a future where an intelligent digital assistant could mediate your interaction with your friends. What the fuck? So we, w- we wouldn't have to Facebook at all. We just, you know, just let, let computers do everything for us. Um, let's see. Cornex says, rephrase that. JJ has made it impossible for me to hear the words tub and girl together in a sentence without shivering in fear. <laughs> tub girl. <laughs> Worse than meat spin, I think. Actually, eh, I don't know. It's kind of a toss-up there. Roy Black on Crack has a point. Just block your boss and your mother. Um, whoa, White as Brent says, some shitty workplaces force you now to add them to your Facebook. Oh. Oh, God. Really? How the fuck do they... D- oh, that's fucking awful, dude. Oh. 
I have I have very very few people from my work on my Facebook. I think honestly, I may only have two. I think um, they 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 know who they are, Gary and Breeze. I think that's it. Um, I know Breeze listens to the show. Uh, I think Gary has listened to it on occasion. So nothing to hide here. Oh goddamn, that's crazy. Uh, let me get into the new releases and reveals for the week, and then we will be out of here. Um, J5's got a repeat this week because, um, I don't know, something's going on with him. He's, he's, he's a busy guy nowadays. So, uh, Dogfish Head Apper Hop gets some new artwork. I'm kind of bummed by this because I like the crazed rabbit they used last year. Uh, the new label arts from Pittsburgh illustrator Rich Kelly. He's created posters for music acts like the Black Keys, TV shows like Breaking Bad. It's got a lumberjack on it. It's cool artwork. I just like the rabbit before because it, I don't know, just it looked awesome. Had that psychotic feel to it. I don't know what that says about me. It is their spring seasonal. It's an IPA brewed with apricot juice. Returns next month. 7% ABV, 12-ounce bottles, and on draft. Apperhop, if you don't like IPAs or don't typically like IPAs, this is one that you may want to try if you want to try and get into them. Um, I th- This is an early one that I had because I figured, okay, fruit might be a gateway into the IPA, and it's actually really quite good. Uh, Dogfish Head doesn't make a bad beer. In my opinion. I haven't had a bad one from them yet. Um, Lagunitas. i got to start getting into Lagunitas again. Um, I mean, I, I had Lagunitas sucks when I hated IPAs. So, obviously, I thought it did suck. But this is actually something different. Uh, this is Equinox. Ooh, god damn. Gassy today. Uh, Equinox. It is a pale oat ale brewed with a heavy dose of oats. And it's returning after a decade. It was first brewed in 1995, and the last time it apparently was brewed was 2004. Uh, back then, it was 6.4% ABV. Now, this go-around, it's going to be stronger at 8.4%, and it's going to be available in 22-ounce bottles in the near future. Uh, then we got one from... Ooh, wrong bottle. Got too many bottles here. One from Hoppin' Frog, and I'm still trying to... I don't think that King Goes a Home is going to end up here. But I'm glad I found my uh, Anderson Valley Goza. Because otherwise I'd be fucked. Uh, Hoppin' Frog Barrel Aged Turbo Shandy Citrus Ale. Uh, I can't say that I've really seen a barrel aged shandy before. It's aged in bourbon whiskey barrels on tap in various locations through winter in addition to a very limited release in bottles starting today. Uh... Keep an eye out for it. 7% ABV, 22-ounce bottles. I don't think I'm going to see this one, but if I do, I think I'm going to pick it up because a barrel-aid shandy, I, I got to try that. I'm very, very curious about that. Um, this, is a, this is a weird one. This is not purely a beer, and it's, it's a very localized kind of thing, but it's interesting nonetheless. Portland's High Wheel Wine and Mead Company, they've launched a new, quote, fizzy wine. This is what they call it, a fizzy wine. Not really a wine, though. High Wheel owner Ken uh, Ken Bonin Jr. says it's a newer high concept of fizzy wine using carrot, 
lemon, ginger, and chai named Death Wish Bunny and was released at their tap room last night. They have a line of sparkling citrus fruit focused uh, alcoholic beverages that are kind of hard to fit into a category. They're, they're not alcopop. They're not ciders. Um, they're not definitely not sparkling wine or anything like that. But they've been described as more of a cross between a soda and a light sour fruit beer. So not exactly a wine. But they'd be perfect for people that are not necessarily beer fans, but cider fans. Um, again, it's in Portland. Um, I, I think they... Let's see. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, future plans. But, oh, Mitch says his beer is definitely not done carbonating yet. Did you try and drink it, dude? Oh, man. Oh, okay. He says, to be fair, he's almost a week early. Yeah, it, it, it happens, dude. <laughs> Good. He says, it's not bad, very smooth. And you know what? You're, you're going to see the taste evolve after it's done carbonating. So you're experimenting, dude. Can't, can't go wrong with that. Uh, so High Wheel, they are going to be expanding distribution beyond Portland to other states, including California, Washington, and two states in the Northeast. So hopefully, hopefully, that will include me. I will be very happy if that includes me. Uh, and then the last one here, I, I teased something from Anheuser-Busch. Anheuser-Busch is releasing a new Bud Light brand extension called Mixtail. Yes, Mixtail, kind of like a cocktail, you know? I think I have a image of it here, actually. Um, let's see here. Image. Tag. There we go. Looks exciting, right? Well, it's similar to the Rita's series. It's focused on mixed cocktails instead of margaritas. Three flavors are going to be available. Firewalker, which is a red-hot cinnamon apple cocktail. Hurricane, which is a hurricane cocktail. And Long Island, which is Long Island iced tea. It was uh, launched yesterday, available in eight packs of 11.5-ounce reclosable aluminum bottles and single-serve 16-ounce and 25-ounce cans, all meant to be served over ice. Each one, 8% ABV. And Mitch is the most awesome human being on the earth. I just got to say that. Mitch Mitch is a damn good guy. He's he's fantastic. He's fucking awesome. That, that's all I can say, really. I mean, it, it, saying anything else would be an insult to him. Because Mitch is the fucking king. Um, last one on here. Uh, Brewery Vivant in Michigan, in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. They celebrate a Fat Tuesday with a Fat Punchki beer release. It's an ale brewed with prunes and powdered sugar. The drink is a limited release brew, 20 barrels, 40 kegs being made. It's available on draft and in 16-ounce cans at Brewery Vivant, 925 Cherry Street Southeast in Grand Rapids. The special brew is not expected to last long. Obviously, you wouldn't expect it to. Today was Fat Tuesday, I believe. Uh, all the punchkis and everything. So, uh, if you're in Grand Rapids, check that out. Report back to me. Let me know how it was. And with that, end of the show. Oh, uh, okay. Fake nice. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> that was genuine nice. God damn it. <laughs> Hit the Facebook group. Facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. I do occasionally post stuff there. Uh, Twitter at E-D-I-C-A-U-S, Odysseus, at MLR underscore alcohol. Untapped, alcohol by volume, all one word. You can add me on there. I will gladly add all sorts of friends and everything. Coming up next, like I mentioned, it is a repeat of my time now with J5 because that man is a busy, hard-working nigga. And I can say that because we're, we're cool. We're cool. Followed by Dutch and Royce. I will see you guys for the 
hundredth episode next week. Have a good one.